0: David it's Riverdale season 5 episode 5 chapter 81 the homecoming Tony Alice Archie and Kevin fight to keep Riverdale High's doors open after learning that its budget has been cut by Hiram Lodge okay all right we're in it and it's not that
1: bad (sighs) there is one part of this show that is so annoyingly a rehash of everything else we've done otherwise I'm actually
0: fine with this episode. I'm just there's, <laughs> again, there's shit in here that's super fucking lazy. There's shit here that I I really do like. There yeah. there is the Hiram stuff. The Hiram of it all, I'm mostly okay with. The Veronica aspect of it, I hate. Uh, that's that's
1: where I come back to. I love what they've done with Hiram as a character.
0: A Hiram. Mark Consuelos is fun when he's being mustache twirly. He's so good he's at it. He's so good at it. And he's having fun. Yeah. But there's there's just other things that I'm just like, y'all are being so lazy. And it comes back to you could get the payoff you want. You could get the story you want. And it wouldn't take much. It wouldn't add to screen time. And it would be better storytelling. And y'all are being lazy. It's just bad. Like, there's no foreplay. We're straight to fucking literally. There's no goddamn foreplay, and I'm pissed. That's what it comes down to. That's, I, that's, what, the, that's what this is.
1: My expectations are so low. That's, that's no excuse. There's
0: no excuse on this show. Like I don't care that our expectations are in the toilet. We're still going to critique them.
1: I guess. Like, I no. Guess. If, no. If, if they've lowered my expectations, maybe they're surpassing what I think is possible from that. It's not acceptable.
0: No, it's like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by any of this.
1: I liked it.
0: <laughs> you're sad
1: no i'm not mm-hmm. look there have been plenty of times in this show where i've wanted to bail and you were like actually this is kind of cool and here's why
0: yeah you i was able to convince you okay you you will not convince me on this
1: no but i'm just enjoying <sighs> okay. the ride
0: okay that's fine you can just sit there and be aloof whatever <laughs> it's just ugh, gosh yeah Anyways, we we pick up right where we left off. We see the the five, because it's the five. It's the core four plus Tony. They're in the booth. They're talking about what's been going on in Riverdale. Really, it's some Jughead narration, blah, 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 blah. Archie's plan to save it all. And then we cut directly to Betty and Jughead walking home.
1: So one thing here, and and this is something that I noticed in this episode that I hate. Mm Mm-hmm. They recapped a whole bunch of stuff that we explicitly talked about in that first episode.
0: Well, one of the things that they're continuing to do in this episode is remind us. And I this is a little annoying, but this is also this is episode two of the season. And I'm putting that in air quotes. But also this is reminding the viewers. We have aged. We are now seven years. Like, I know they have to keep reminding us like, hey. Y'all have to remember, they didn't break up two days ago. This wasn't three months ago. This was seven years. Yeah. I, it's a little annoying because I feel like treat your audience with a little more intelligence. Please, God. Like, I understand, like, it coming from a different character, like when Polly or Alice say it, because, hey, we haven't seen you yet this se- this part of the season, them saying things like that totally makes sense. But the core four saying it, we don't need you to say it again. We've already established. We know what's happened. The one that got me and and the scene
1: comes up later. Mm-hmm. But when he walks in to Sheriff Keller's office uh-huh. and says, where's all your deputies? And Tony told him yeah. in that last episode at the end mm-hmm. that it's only Sheriff Keller. It's that kind <sighs> of shit that happened throughout this episode where I'm like, it is one thing for you to do a refresher and a reminder. It is another thing when you explicitly say well, something that you explicitly said before.
0: So, okay, remember, we like to call Archie Dum Dum Archie. There is dum dum Archie. I hope he's grown more because, you know, he's been in military. I wish he would have rephrased that. Con- I, I don't disagree. I wish it had been phrased more as, what actually happened to your deputies? Because where'd they go?
1: Yeah, it's just word for word. And again, Maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah. But I- it just seems like you just copied and pasted into your new episode script.
0: But there's a part of me that can also go, This is the first time he's seeing Tom, Tom doesn't know what Archie knows. And it's it's kind of like, Hey Tom, where's all your deputies?
1: I don't know. That- like
0: letting Tom complain about a situation. Fair, but it- and again, that's being way too generous to that scene. And I'm not trying to be generous to it at all. That one didn't bother me as much because the scene we got out of it was great. So that was one of the things I loved about the show. <laughs> but whatever. So we, we got Betty and Jughead walking home. And it's super awkward. Yeah, well. And we the only tidbit we really get out of this is that they have seen each other in the last seven years. She showed up to his book launch. Okay. It was really awkward. He left a voicemail. Apparently, that led her to believe he never wanted to hear from her again. He's like, that's not what I intended. Sorry. So my guess is she went to support him. He got drunk as fuck because he's clearly boozing it up too much. Yeah. He's got some alcoholic tendencies. I don't want to go so far as to say he's an actual alcoholic, but he's definitely drinking too much. Yes. He's using it as his crutch. And said some things to Betty he probably shouldn't have over a voicemail. And she's like, all right, I'm done. Which, good for you. <laughs> like, honestly, good for you, you for went- staying away. Also, Yale FBI. True. <laughs> You've got a trash bag killer to be captured by. Oh, my God. So he said, you know, he's just like, that wasn't my intention. You know, it- it's nice to see you, even though it's deeply uncanny to be back. yeah. Which is true, so like, this is weird. Fair. This is weird. Uh-huh. Then we cut over to Ronnie and Archie also walking back somewhere. And Archie's just like, it's some rock on your your finger, Ronnie. <laughs> so clearly he didn't know, which I'm like, how did you not invite who are supposedly your best friend, whose phone numbers you still have in your phone, to your wedding? Well, okay. Which later we get, I'm guessing was, an el- she eloped. Because, yeah, we find out later she didn't even invite her dad or tell him. So that's going to be interesting when we find out more about how that went down. Yeah,
1: I don't think anybody was told or invited. And, you know, the other flip side is Veronica very much was close to these people. But on the other hand, when she left, left. it it was very clean break.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, he's just like, you know, is he a good guy? And she's like, oh, Chadwick. Yeah, he's an alpha male, just like my dad.
1: She's like, he's good if you get past the layers. It was like, he's a
0: terrible human. He's a horrible dude. I and mean, she's like, what about you? I bet you've had a swarm of lovers. Bugle boy. And Bugle boy. Very fun. Very cute. And he says, actually, the last real relationship I had was you. Oh, boy. Which she's just like, hey, there's nothing wrong with uh, some flings. Never hurt anyone. So. <laughs> You're <okay>. young. <laughs> yeah. So this, it's very awkward. It's awkward, but it's
1: also this sort of like, If you were holding out for me, please don't.
0: Well, she's very much just like, she wants to know, what have you been up to, mister? She (laughs) wants to know all his business. And he doesn't have a lot of business. He's just like, I've been in the army. Like, you were the, like that. I don't have any business. Do do you want to know my business? More trauma. That's what my business is, Veronica. (laughs) Pretty much. And like, this is the one thing I do like what they do with them. I got no inclination that Archie had feelings for Ronnie. At all. They seemed like just friends. This is somebody I... up, yeah. Yeah, this was very much like somebody I had a relationship... I had a close relationship with. I want to know what's been going on in your life. That's it. Yeah. Totally fair. It was as neutral... Well, not neutral. As platonic as him talking to Jug.
1: Yeah. The problem with Bughead is... It ended on really awful terms, and that's why it was so awkward between them.
0: Absolutely. And and what we now know is they had seen each other in the time gap, which is fine. I like that we got that piece of information, and Archie and Veronica had not. Also,
1: Jughead, not the most popular person in and around Riverdale.
0: It'll be interesting to get more about that. So (laughs) now we go to... What I now have to refer to as the Cooper House. It
1: is officially the
0: Cooper House. It's the Cooper House. It's a hot fucking mess. Poor Alice. Alice is cleaning up some bullshit from these kids who, by now, they're probably about 10 or 11. We don't get their actual age. I'm sure we'll find out later. But, you know, they were born in like season one. But, you know, ages in this show make no fucking sense. So they're probably two or three before the time jump. Add seven. So that would be. So they're nine or ten.
1: Yeah, something like
0: that. They're in the nine or ten range. Okay, cool. Those little fuckers can clean up after themselves. (laughs) I have a nine-year-old. That bitch can clean up after herself. Uh, Uh Uh-uh. This is some bullshit. And the Alice we knew would have never put up with this shit. Now, I say we knew because we don't know what the fuck's been going on with Alice. She's been through some shit, clearly. But the twins and Polly live there. Okay. So, okay. That actually makes a lot of sense. Alice is alone. Of course she would want to fill her home. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Cool. We go over to the Pembroke and all the furniture has been covered up. This this apartment has been shut down. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. And Veronica looks very like, ugh, I'm back here. Archie goes to the El Royale and sits down on a bunk. Very Archie camping out. And then we see Jughead. Down in the bunker, because, of course, that's where he would go. He's got to stay somewhere. He's got to stay somewhere. I would have loved it if someone else was staying in the bunker. <laughs> um, But, you know, as he's settling in, he gets a voicemail from his agent. They want their pages or they want their money. And then he gets a voicemail from a debt collector saying he owes just under $10,000. <laughs> so. Well,
1: all right, Chug.
0: Yep. Next day, we have Betty at the FBI office with Kevin. Okay. Okay. And Kevin's like, how was the bughead reunion? Being totally Kevin. I love it. Nothing's changed about him in that regard. <laughs> and But well, in a, like a more grown-up way. Like he's he's he has definitely grown up. I like how, I don't know what they've done to Casey Cott because his face has always looked that it's way. It's just posture. I, I think it's posture. I think it's just the hair. I like, think- he he used to
1: be a little more just, like, loosey and and nervous, and now he's just, like, straight up, uh, I think, I'm a confident guy.
0: I, yeah, I think he's holding his chest out more, and before oh, yeah. as a kid, like, he used to hold it more, like, insular, like, holding his bag, which, you know, props to him on the physical acting side. Uh, we love you, Casey Cott. But <laughs> Betty's retort is, not all of us can still be with our high school sweetheart, Kevin. And
1: Kevin has the perfect comeback. Yeah, well... FBI high
0: school drama teacher. <laughs> Fair to it. But it's like, FBI trainee. That's the only time she really calls herself a trainee. Any other time someone says FBI officer, she's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's Kevin. <laughs> hmm <laughs> So they're going through stuff. She finds, at this point, I don't know how she doesn't know this from earlier. She finds that Charles kept files on me and all my family members and tapes of all of our conversations. Oh, my God. Like how did you not know all this? This was bullshit. This was bullshit and this was a poorly written scene. Like I'm fine with her cleaning it up and him be like what should have happened in this scene cuz she cuz I get that they need to remind Betty of this phone call to force her trying to reconcile with her sister. Totally get that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. What should have happened was Kevin knocks over a box and he sees the contents. Because he doesn't know about this, and Betty has to explain. And then she sees this tape, and she's like, oh, I'm not familiar with this one. I, oh, I didn't realize he had one for Polly. Yeah. And she puts that in there, and that's what she hears. Because that would that would make more sense, that would be more emotional, and it's less dumb.
1: It's like they kept the scripts the exact same from when this was planned to be the second episode of the season but and then never did any adjustments because of the pandemic shit
0: I don't think they had this even written until after they already knew what was happening I don't know but I, I'm not giving them any fucking credit I think they wrote this as it stands No I think this is exactly how they planned it like they knew those last three episodes like no I'm not giving them any Any credit Oh,
1: I'm not giving them credit by saying that, because it means they're incredibly lazy that they wrote this script out and then didn't make an adjustment for the fact that we very clearly established that at the end of the last season. And they thought they'd have a year-long break in between.
0: No, I don't think they ever had that planned. Oh, God. At all. Any of it. I don't think they pay any of the fuck attention to what they're doing. I mean... I think whoever our person was, our rider, like, oh, they're paying attention. I think they're gone or they're asleep at the wheel. I don't know. (laughs) But they're not doing their job.
1: (sighs) Anyway, it's the famous fuck you call to Polly.
0: It's fuck you call to Polly. Die, bitch. That's a great poll. It was the one on Halloween. And then we cut over to Veronica going to visit Hiram, being like, hey, you know, I'm interested in what's going on in the businesses. Oh, my
1: God.
0: Which... This one didn't bother me too much because this is her just being like, all right, I'm in town. I need to like, I need a reason to talk to my dad. Okay. Talking to him about business is about all she's got.
1: Yeah, but she, she, it's not that she's wants to talk business. Mm-hmm. It's that she wants back in the business.
0: Sort of. Yeah. But she also to be fair, Veronica's bored. I, I get it. But why him? Why him? Because he understands her. And he's the exact same way. (sighs) Like her mom don't get it. Her mom only understands what she's like. She doesn't understand what it is like to be that way. Again, to me,
1: this is just you're forcing these two characters back into a relationship in this manner Uh when you don't have to. No, you don't. At no point does she have to try to reconnect with him. She just decides to fight him because he's evil.
0: No, you could have not had any of this. You should, you shouldn't have, because this is literally you just rehashing everything you've done with Veronica for the last four years.
1: Especially the indignance at Le Bon Nuit.
0: That was funny though. <laughs> uh, so she, he's just like, "Why? What are you, what are you doing here?" And she's like, "Oh, well, me and Chadwick are looking for a weekend home. We thought at Riverdale, and you know, I'm, I'm interested in the business. And so we find out, Hermosa moved the rum business to Miami, and I sold the, the Le Bon Nuit to Tony Topaz. She's like without telling me." Oh, my God. Which I find hilarious. And he's like, "What? you didn't tell me about marrying Chad. There we go. I was like, fair. (laughs) And he's just like, why don't don't you go live in Sodale if you want a home? And she goes, what, Stepford for bougie mobsters? For for bougie mobsters. And he's just like, whatever. So, blah. You know, clearly she leaves. He's not going to help her. Hiram's being so charmingly evil. He's being so evil. And that's the only saving grace with these scenes is that he's being an asshole, but it's so fun. Yeah. Because someone's got to have the upper hand and, you know, at least they made that interesting. That's, yeah. Anyway, Jughead needs a job. So he goes to the white worm, and Tony's like, you're lucky I'm even serving you. Uh Uh-oh. And then Fangs and Sweet Pea come in like, "Uh uh-uh, no Tony, Uh uh-uh. And they're like, what? It's like, we're not too pleased with your book. (laughs) And it's like, and what you had to say about the serpents. It's like, oh, you mean the vipers? It's clearly the serpents. You made them look like fools. You mocked our traditions and our codes. And then we find out that oh yeah, what was that character's name? Uh, Toothy. So Fangs is pissed, and, and then Sweet like, and Popeye, and <laughs> and Jughead's like, nobody knew it was you. He's like, yeah, like it wouldn't be too hard for them to figure it out. <laughs> and Jughead, Jughead, and Tony's just like, you better watch your back. You've made a lot of enemies in this town. Uh huh. So basically, a huge portion of the town feels exploited by Jughead. I
1: mean, fair. Which
0: makes me just want to know, what is actually in that book? Well, I
1: don't think that's that important. What's in that book is their story. It's all that narration he did before. It's what he wrote. And it, it, it's the outsiders meets all this murder mystery Sure. Shit. And honestly, what it is, it's the in cold blood thing. A little bit. Where he wrote this whole thing. He ginned it up for for press and money.
0: Mm-hmm. And it made them all look ridiculous they feel they feel it like well especially with those names but yeah they were exploited so i don't think it's like
1: that beyond the pale i think he just wrote about all the shit that happened in riverdale because i think all that narration he did is probably that book
0: it wouldn't surprise me at all and if we find out that that is the case i'd be super happy with that but i would like more confirmation because that's the thing about that that doesn't make sense is Most of that narration talks about Jason Blossom, the Black Hood, all that stuff. And the way it sounds is that that book was about the homecoming queen and the viper. Like What we've heard about what that book was about is that it's not a murder mystery at all. And all that narration from the seasons before was.
1: Yeah, maybe. So that doesn't
0: make sense. I don't know. It could be a future book, but whatever. So we'll (laughs) see. Anyways cut on over to Riverdale High. Archie's talking to Principal Weatherby. He's like, hey, I'm here to restart the ROTC. I'm on orders. And Weatherby's like, yeah, that's great. But I don't even know if our doors are going to be open because our budget's been cut. (laughs) And Archie's like, yeah, okay. So then we cut to a meeting with Miss Bell, Weatherby, Tony, Kevin, And Alice, because she's in charge of the PTA still, which I find hilarious, given that she doesn't have children at the school. But hey, any reason to keep Alice in the mix, I'm here for. it. (laughs) Of all the parents to keep on the show, she was the one to keep. Absolutely. So they just talk about, you know, they don't have enough teachers. Kevin is teaching five classes, drama, debate, biology, gym, and sex ed. Shudder. Which is hilarious. (laughs) Come to find out that there's going to be a board meeting soon coming up for a vote. And if we lose the vote, we lose the school. And everyone gives a really meaningful look to Tony. And it's just it's just override. And I just say barf to all of this.
1: If we lose the vote, we lose the school. If we lose the school, we lose the town. Yeah,
0: just one more nail in the coffin of Riverdale. We got to save the youth center, guys. Riverdale. Riverdale. <sighs> and this is, <laughs> a, this is another thing where I'm just like, I appreciate the role that Tony has here makes total sense for me. I'm here for it. It makes sense for her character. But that type of moment just shoehorns her as a lead where she hadn't been a lead before in a way that just is not organic. If it had been Kevin saying that, it would have made more sense. Kevin has had more of a substantial role, even though he's barely had a role. But he has had more lines than Tony had the whole four seasons before her. So it doesn't feel organic. And that's where I'm just like, y'all are trying to force something. And I understand all of the outside of the show's reasons why I get it. And I love the position for Tony. But there's the mix is off. The mix is off.
1: I mean, I just accepted her as taking fucking charge. So, I don't know. I may have suspended my disbelief a little too far.
0: Yes, I, I think you may, have, you may have suspended it just a little bit too much. <laughs> because I feel like just from the second we did the time, we're just supposed to accept Tony as a full-fledged. Like, sh- at this point, she is more of a, a main character than Cheryl. And I ain't buying that for two fucking seconds. But it's been seven years. I don't care. But then, but why? Like, it's it's not organic and it's not working. That is not working, and it feels super forced in a way I don't like. I I don't know. Eh. It doesn't bother me. Well, you don't care. You've 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 already resigned to. Man, eh, I don't care.
1: Look, I understand that if if you're looking at the linear progression of why they're doing things, there's a lot more you could do to bolster. But I I really do point to. There's a lot of
0: things that get cured by just saying we moved seven years in the future. I'm talking about that moment, though. It's like the like last episode, that last moment where Archie says, "No, Tony, you're a part of this as much as anybody else. No, it that's does, bad. that does that feels bad. That doesn't feel organic. Same thing here. This last moment where Archie's looking meaningful at Tony says, so like, you know, that's the last, final nail in the coffin." That's where it's like you're putting so much on this on this thing with Tony. It's like, yes, Tony's centered in here. She's the guidance counselor. She's helping organize this stuff. I'm fine with this. But you're putting, you're trying to create this huge link between Archie and Tony that's not there. That we as an audience have an experience. It makes no sense. That's not how it read
1: to me at all. That's
0: that's how I felt it and I did not like it. And it was, it felt the same, it felt very forced in the same way that that moment felt in the last episode. We cut on over to Pops and Jughead is trying to write, but um, nothing's coming. And I just, this is something I've noticed this whole season of season five. The Apple logo is now fully on display. Pre- <laughs> Jughead's always, when he's not running on the typewriter that Betty gave him, he's always on an Apple computer. It's always been a MacBook. But the logo has always been obscured. I believe he had a sticker on it at one point, which is a very common thing in many TV shows. Or it's been obscured by a milkshake or a food wrapper. Now it's fully on display. I think it's very funny. So clearly they got some endorsement or whatever from Apple products to be like, go for it. Or they decided we don't care. So while Jug has not writing, he sees Tabitha go put up a help wanted sign on the door. And so he gets up and he's like, hey, um, I saw you need a waiter. I'm interested. And she's like... Yeah, you're not. You're not what we're looking for. He's like, you don't even know me. And Tabitha is just like, nope. I know you need to start ordering food if you want to use my Wi Fi all day and not just coffee. Cause I'm gonna run things differently than my grandpa. So and one of the first thing is no running tabs.
1: <laughs> he looks so betrayed. And he's just
0: like, Oh man, I'm <laughs> fucked.
1: Also, he says
0: hey, you're Tabitha, the, Tabitha Tate. Tate, fucking finally. Yeah, so we got her, we got her, she got introduced in in the episode, which is great. <sighs> Tabitha's so cool. She's great. She's like, I don't take shits from no one. <sighs> really, Jug? <Chuck? laughs> I like it. He's going to sleep with her. It's going to happen. He's going to sleep with her. I'm calling it now. <laughs> so we go down to the White Worm and Tony's bartending and Hiram comes in to it instantly sweet pea and fangs are like are you lost old man <laughs> i love that they say that to him i missed those two together i okay and from now on i will refer to the two of them together as the bash brothers because of a later scene and tony's fine and basically hiram's there to bribe her of course he is because he's just like how many students do you have at riverdale and she's like about 100 he's like, okay what if i offered them all full scholarships to stonewall prep and she's just like. No. that uh, it. You're on the board. <laughs> and so if you're on the board, I would suspect that the school reflects your moral, which I'm not okay with. Which I'm like, nice, nice deep cut. And he's like, okay, what if there's a cushy job and a fat paycheck there for you too? For a school counselor. Yep. And she says, no, I'm not interested. And so he looks at her and he goes, I guess we're playing hardball. And she's like, yep. <laughs> so he smiles and just leaves.
1: Tony Topaz does not negotiate with Hiram's.
0: With Terrace, which Hiram Lodge is a terrorist
1: Hirams. Hiram's
0: Hiram's cut on over to Betty and Archie she's uh in her room and they're looking out a window and she comes in and she's like you know it used to be me and Kevin looking out our window hoping you would be shirtless which is <laughs> an amazing callback to the very first episode the pilot wherein oh, Kevin says you take that ginger bull by the horns Archie got hot. <laughs> Archie got hot. You take that ginger bull by the horns. <laughs> <sighs> it was a lovely moment. I knew I was like, I'm here for this show. I'm here for it.
1: Now here we are.
0: So they're spying on the ghoulies and they're just talking about it's a drug den. And Archie's like, OK, we're going to have to go in there, but I need more information. And he's like, well, you know, I was trained by the FBI, so I could help. And Archie's like, I'm going to take you up on that. So This is just a very cute moment. I'm
1: taking this town back, Betty, building by building.
0: And so this is one of those moments where they could have had more of a meaningful flirtatious glance because this was very neutral to me. And like I'm trying to be generous and be like, okay, I could see Archie's face as being like, oh, okay, being a little, a little flirty. His face could, but Betty's was not there was nothing flirtatious from Betty in this in this at all.
1: It's there, but it's so, so subtle in every one of these moments Mm -hmm. that it's not establishing jack shit. So I agree with you in the sense that it's not reading at all. I think it is there, but it's it's not showing up for anybody to see.
0: It's so tiny. So, but this was a moment where we could have made it slightly more flirtatious. Yes. So we come on over to Sheriff's office and, you know, Martin Cummings, you're so goddamn hot. (laughs) I mean, he's got to represent the hot dads of Riverdale. You were doing a good job because, you know, Skeet's not there anymore. And, you know, R.I.P. Luke Perry. Yeah. <laughs> Always and
1: forever. There's one hot dad of Riverdale left.
0: I know, but hey, there could be other hot dads. You could argue that Mark Consuelos is hot because he is very attractive. But You're he not is, wrong. he is not a part of the hot dad crew because he's an asshole. He's In evil. universe. In universe. He cannot be hot because he's a bad dude. Anyway. Yeah, it's very important that we talk about the hotness of the people.
1: The whole start of this is completely redundant information.
0: Again, it's just reiterating that Reggie is running Hiram's security force. That is new information. We knew he was one of his henchmen, but now we know that he's in charge of his private security force. Uh Uh-huh,
1: that are based out of Sodale.
0: Yeah, which is fine. Archie's like, okay, well, maybe I can talk to Reggie to give me some information on the ghoulies. Tom's like, Reggie's just going to tip them off. And Archie's like, yeah, but maybe not knowingly he's going to give me information. So, hey, your deputies might be gone, Tom, but you still have their riot gear, right? And Tom's like, huh? What are you thinking about there, little redheaded boy? Uh (laughs) And Archie's like, I'm going to go do some recon and then we're going in. And Tom is just like, I'm here for this. (laughs) Like, you see this look on Tom's face where he's both like, this is a horrible idea, and yet I'm gonna do this. Well,
1: also, what I think is he's having he's having reminders of back when Archie would try to do this when he was 16. Yeah, and Tom being like, "This is a terrible idea," and it's like, "You went to war. I'm fine with this now.
0: You're <laughs> a grown ass man. Let's go." <laughs> or, but here's I will say this: Archie has a plan. He's going to get information. He's going to scout out the location before they busted archie went to war archie has learned some things a little bit a little bit sergeant andrews sergeant Andrews. also he is planning to be equipped with kevlar vests i am actually proud archie learned some things yeah uh let me cut over to veronica skyping with some people and she's gonna go out to the west coast and be a sports agent and then when she's talking to a travel agent to book some flights, she finds out that her credit card's not working. So we all know where this is going. <laughs> like you, you knew it instantly. And so then she calls Chadwick. And she's like, "Oh, our card's not working." And he's like, "Oh yeah, same thing happened to me. I'll have them fixed by the time you come home. When's that?" <sighs> so she feeds him some lines, give me a few days. And he's like, "Okay, great. See you then." So she shuts it and then Smithers comes in, which, how are you not dead, dude? Oh, come on. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but also how are you not dead? Look,
1: if Pops isn't dead, Smithers isn't dead.
0: I'm okay with this.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm not mad, but also I'm surprised. Anyway, Smithers has been doing some snooping of his own.
0: Well, he's just being observant. Uh, a car has been parked out for two days and Veronica's like, hmm, dad or husband? Is it daddy or chuddy? Uh, well, the internet is calling him Chattykins. <laughs> Daddykins or Chattykins—that's his official name from now on. Uh, I love it. I love yep. it a lot. Yes, his name is Chattykins, and she—I okay. This is cheesy as fuck, but I did love it. She's like, "So, there's it's time to bring a friend out of mothballs," and heads over to a pawn shop as Monica. <laughs> She's wearing that goddamn blonde wig. Okay, you know what though? I love Fun. I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Of course, she's going to be up to her old tricks.
1: Because now we're not like, what the fuck? We're like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We've she's, already established that she, this is something she does.
0: She's going to play this childish game. Yeah. Because she's playing with a child, essentially. She,
1: well, okay. She is being tracked. And this has worked for her to n- not be recognized before.
0: Sure. So, hey, it's not the worst idea in the world. So she goes to Ponchep. She's selling the Fabergé eggs. Or Glamourge eggs. She gets cash. And then she asks for a ladylike revolver.
1: <laughs> I love 20,000 30,000 cash now.
0: <laughs> no, he was gonna offer twenty thousand for each. She had two. Yeah, she's like, I'll take thirty cash now.
1: You better give it to me on the table.
0: Yeah, so you know, he okay, jumps big fat stacks. Yep, go over to the Cooper house and Betty's asleep, and then you know, trash bag killer is there above her her bed frame, so she wakes up to a nightmare. Uh huh. Uh she hears a noise downstairs and she gets her gun and she almost shoots Polly. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love Betty, sorry, old habits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Polly is clearly uh, fucked up. <sighs> I, this I mean, okay. Trash teen TV fucked up. She, like, like like she's clearly been out partying. It's three o'clock in the morning. It's, it's and here's the thing. This look is boozy partying, not strung out on drugs partying. Yeah. That's what this look is. I had seen the later look on an onset not an onset photo and a trailer photo of her and Jordan O'Connor. <laughs> they took a they took a trailer photo of each other and I was like, Oh, Polly's gonna be on drugs.
1: Yeah.
0: So I knew this was coming. So it's three o'clock in the morning. But he's like, let me make some tea. And so they're sitting down. And Betty apologizes for not being there after the farm, which is really sweet. She's like, I wasn't there for you after the farm. And I'm really sorry for the phone call on Halloween. And Polly's actually really kind of surprised by this. She's like, that's a deep cut, Betty. And she's like, yeah, I'm still sorry. And she's like, I'd like for us to be real sisters to each other again. To which Polly says, how long are you here for? Uh Uh-huh. But Betty's like, just a couple of days, and then I got to go back. And Polly is just kind of like, yeah, I'm surprised you're not already running the FBI. <laughs> Which is fair. fair it's but, Betty. <laughs> but you can tell Polly's like, yeah, you're not going to be here very long. I'm not going to put any effort into this. Like, she's just like, yeah, that was really what it was about. It was like, I'm just going to wait until you're gone.
1: Although Betty puts around, and, and I don't know that she doesn't mean this, of once I'm done at Quantico, I intend to be back a lot more. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which is fair, but, you know, Polly doesn't know if that's real or not. So
1: Polly's not thinking of the
0: future right now at all. (laughs) No, she's just, can I get my super nosy, judgmental sister off my back? Because I have to survive. Yeah, there's that. So the next day, Alice is super frazzled. Making lunches. Making lunches. And Betty's like, hey, you know, I ran into Polly last night. You know, she came in super late and she finds out that Polly has been working at the Roving Eye, which is a nightclub. The Roving Eye. And Betty's like, you know, isn't that place kind of sketchy? And Alice is pissed. She's like, Betty, stop being so judgy. It's not fair for you to come here and, you know, judge your sister like this. Good for her. Which is 100% true. Uh Uh-huh. You haven't been around. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on with your sister. Alice makes the point. She helps with the mortgage. She gets the twins everything they need. Shut up.
1: This is my thing with Polly. This is survival for Polly. Sure. What Polly is doing right now is not because she wants to be strung out. It's this is right now the only way I can see to provide for these two. And there's probably
0: options. I'm not trying to say there aren't. Here's the thing: we don't actually know what Polly's doing. We don't know if she's selling drugs. We don't know if she's involved in sex work. We actually don't know. That's we true. As- we assume. The only thing we know is. We see her pretty much guarantee that she is actively taking drugs. Yeah. That ain't good. That is not good. This isn't like anti-anxiety type drugs. This is, I want to zone out and not exist in my universe drugs. Well, it's jingle jangle. Let's be real. It's jingle jangle. Yes. But that's the type of drug this is. Yeah, I know. I know. I understand that emotion and desire, still not good.
1: I appreciate the fact that the show didn't just say, oh, she's fucked up and we're just having to take care. It's like she's making money, which then points to me as there's stuff going on that she's clearly just trying to survive and hold her head above water.
0: And then she's just trying to numb out. Yeah. Totally get that. She's been through some shit. Yeah. No judgment there. So then we get a knock on the door and it's Tony and she has got the newspaper and apparently... Hiram put out a hit piece on her about how she's a serpent queen doing serpent dances while also being the school guidance counselor. Which who the fuck cares? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's the whole morality piece of it. Whatever. So Tony just tells Alice, you need to go on RIVW and, you know, set the record straight. And Alice is like, yes, we can do that. And we'll make it work. Jughead is in the bunker, still not writing. He's accomplished nothing. He gets a call from Archie and says, "Hey, how's the five seasons?" Oh. So Jughead's not being honest with everyone about what how, what his situation is. Nope. Which I find a really surprising. Actually, I don't find that surprising. I take that back because Jughead's right back where he was when he was sixteen. And he's fucking ashamed of it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. I'm surprised, but no, I'm really not. He was no, doing. Not. No, <laughs> I'm not. That actually tracks because he's so ashamed that he's back where he was. Nothing yep. is, nothing has changed for him except he's a full-blown adult. And he's the only person he can blame for it is himself now. That's, yeah, no, that totally tracks. Okay, I had to talk that part out. He says, hey, I've got a great gift idea for Pops, but I think someone should make a speech. And since you're the writer of the group, and Jug's like, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. And then Jughead starts to write. Well, then he like actually looks like oh i have a purpose now
1: that but also the fact that he's just in the action of doing it yeah is suddenly very interesting well he has something to write about
0: he has a spark hey so then we go over to the andrew's house and reggie is there in his mobster suit Judy calls mental uh, answers yes uh <laughs> It's all business. You're having some problem with your tenants. No, I'm having some problems with the ghoulies who are in my house. <laughs> well, let's see if there's any merit to your claims. I love I love the way Reggie talks through this. He's such is, a
1: fucking mobster.
0: It's so great. Charles Melton is phenomenal. He's just so good. He's so good. And <laughs> um, they're just walking around like there's no evidence of drug paraphernalia. And he, his hair looks like he's got a mullet. It's not. It's just it's long and. And slicked yeah. back. It's just so funny. But they
1: search everywhere. There's no jingle jangle or drugs.
0: And, you know, clearly he knows that Reggie has tipped off the ghoulies. And as Archie goes, he sees Polly in the kitchen. Yeah. Not looking like she's at her full capacity. Uh,
1: she's She is definitely under the influence. And
0: she looks very Kate Hudson and Almost Famous. So mm. That's kind of the coat, the vibe I'm getting for her. So we cut on over to Pops and Jughead is interviewing Pops. Okay. And they're having a nice little conversation. And all of a sudden the deck collectors show up. <laughs> oh and Jughead runs and hides behind the counter. He looks at Tabitha. And he's like, please, please, no. Tabitha
1: rolls her eyes oh, and then it's so fucking great.
0: Pops is worried. It's so sweet. He has a look on his face. And so they come in and they're like, you know, have you seen him? She's like, no, I'm pretty sure I would. I remember a weird-ass name like that. Love it. Love that. And I'm like, okay, well, if you see him, you give us a call, sweetie. She's like, okay, pumpkin.
1: <laughs> you can go now.
0: Like, she's, uh, she's just no bullshit. I love her. And then when they leave, Pops is like, how much do you owe, Jughead? I've been saving some. And Jughead is like, I'm pretty low, Pop, but I'm not low <laughs> enough to take your retirement money.
1: <laughs> I also love as he's getting up. Not the best first impression.
0: <laughs> and so Tabitha relents and offers him the waiter job. And Jug is like, "Thank you." Do you think in a couple of days you could call them and vouch for me, and then send them half my paycheck so that they don't break my legs? And she's just like, "Yeah, I think I could do that."
1: And then as he walks, and then he like hurriedly leaves because he's so ashamed. Yeah, and she's and all she does at the end is just. <sighs> <sighs> God, what what bullshit have I gotten myself into now?
0: So like, while she doesn't want any of the bullshit, whatever that bleeding heart that Pops has, she does have a little bit of it. She does have a little bit of it.
1: That and the fact that Pops looks at her in the middle of that and is like, don't sell him out.
0: Don't. Don't do it. Don't. But also, I think the fact that he offered money to Jughead, because he loves him, Yeah, and Jughead was like, no no it's like that i think there's that part of like okay he's not just he's not someone who's going to take advantage of my grandpa like this guy's clearly like not doing the best right now but like he's not that bad no so cool reginald reginald (laughs) (laughs) so we're at the car lot and veronica's just like i know you're working for my dad so we can cut the pleasantries and he's like okay and she wants to buy a car in cash. And he's like, are you hiding from your husband?
1: Oh, my God. So
0: Reggie knows everything. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm just trying to work within the boundaries that I currently have. And this is what I need to do. And Reggie just says, you should go talk to your father. He'll help you, Veronica. OK, the way he
1: says this, mm-hmm. I think Reggie actually believes that. There's something in the way he says this where he, Hiram would use everyone. Everybody. Oh, sure. And I think sure. Reggie really believes that Hiram would help her.
0: No, I don't think so. I think Reggie was told by Hiram, if my daughter comes to you, you send her to me. Well, yeah. I, I I, think Reggie knows not the degree to which Hiram is pissed at his daughter. Like, he doesn't know the details. No. But he knows Hiram is not putting up with Veronica's bullshit. Reggie knows Veronica's a hustler too. I don't know. There's there's a
1: couple of cues here with Reggie, and we'll talk about one later.
0: Yeah, well, I know which one you're talking about, but I think that one's a different one.
1: I don't know. There, <laughs> there's, there's there's some interesting <laughs> stuff going on with Reggie where I think, okay, uh, you're you're not the full-on mobster I'm making you out to be right now.
0: Then we cut to Archie telling Betty about Polly, and just we're gonna kick their asses. That's the whole scene. Awesome. We cut to the El Royale and we're having a meeting and Archie's got the floor plan to his house laid out. Then we've got Kevin Bangs and Sweet Pea. Kevin is wearing a Kevlar vest. He's looking very attractive. It's
1: very cool. I was like, holy shit, yes, Kevin.
0: And they're they're like, they're talking about the plan. Like this is a break-in plan. The basically. only way this
1: could be better is if we did it like the dirty dozen. Kinda.
0: <laughs> but it's it's great. Like they're they're suiting up, they're taking their baseball bats, their police batons, and like they're getting ready.
1: Nobody dies. Nobody like But I wouldn't mind breaking some bones.
0: But nobody dies. <laughs> like Boy, I, I don't want my boyfriend to die.
1: Kevin's like, my boyfriend will not be dying today. Thank you.
0: Thank you. It's very <laughs> cute. It's adorable. So then like they're they're at the Andrew's house and Betty's like leading the charge and like they're all agreeing and like Tom is like, uh-huh. They're playing Hold On I'm
1: Coming by Sam and Dave.
0: So then they bust through the door, they throw some guys through the windows. Tom Keller's fucking amazing. Like I mean, it, this is a real they did so good with this. It's true
1: detective season one fight. they're 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 one shotting it through the house.
0: It's not a one shot at all, yeah, I know they're moving through the house and connecting it through w- through the action, yeah, like they don't try to take us upstairs or anything. We no. just we see Kevin go upstairs and then we see, you know, we kind of turn the camera and then we see. This is why I call them the Bash Brothers. Fangs and Sweet Pea both bust through two windows. With at, two ghoulies. With two ghoulies. And it's just so cute. And they just start beating guys up. And then we, um, you know, some ghoulie girl come and attacks Betty. And then she throws her off. And then Betty and Archie, like, get back to back. I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah! And then that's, that's another moment that could have been really cute for some flirtiness. Where, like, they're just fighting to get. Like, it would have been really good to have a little bit more fighting with the two of them together. Like, they're such a great team.
1: Archie with the baseball bat is hot as fuck. He's great. It's like, whoa. I'm sorry. Whoa.
0: The hottest thing is Tom Keller. (laughs) It's it's the salt and pepper. I can't help it. (laughs) I find it really attractive. Uh,
1: So anyway, they line everybody up outside the house.
0: Yeah. And then Kevin comes down. He's like, found a lab in the bathrooms. Jingle jangle.
1: Just like old times. Uh,
0: What do you say, Agent Cooper? Is this enough to put him away? That should do it. That should do it. So great. (laughs) I love it. It's great. Cool.
1: Uh, What a fun scene.
0: That was one of their better scenes, especially one of their best action scenes that they've done. They've done some shitty ones. (laughs) Next scene is Betty calling the roving eye. The next day is Polly. And she finds out that Polly hasn't worked there for a year. Who is this? Who is this? We cut to, I guess, Tony's office and Weatherby's like, two more teachers have left for Stonewall. So-and-so and uh, Miss Crouton. And Kevin's just like, damn it, Miss Crouton, that bitch.
1: <laughs> that for- Backstabbing.
0: Kevin. Anyway,
1: they interrupt him before he can say backstabbing bitch. I- I'm like, oh my God, I Kevin. love it.
0: I love it. And then he makes a comment about succession. <laughs> Kevin talks about succession a lot this episode and I love it. It's so cute. And then Tony comes in. She's like, I had one of my serpent girls do some recon in Hiram's office. And we found a secret plan for the town meeting. They broke into his office. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So basically his plan is to unincorporate the town. And so then Alice goes on to explain that that means no more state money. So all the the money that they get for the school from the state goes away.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are explaining municipal law to the viewers of this trash television program. Well,
0: that is important to understand what the stakes are.
1: It's very true. It's just very funny because for about a two-minute chunk there, we're talking the nitty-gritty of how towns are run. And it's very funny to me.
0: Okay, so like if they don't have that and they're like, okay, well, can we still keep the school open? It's like, yeah, but it's going to be that much harder because, you know, we don't have enough teachers. We're like, oh well, maybe we can get teachers. Do you know anybody with degrees? Because that's what you need to be a public school teacher. To which I think it's Tony suggests. Yeah, it's Tony. Like, well, what if we went private? Then we can choose whoever we want. Yeah, but we lose public funding. And <laughs> to which Kevin says, We need an investor. Uh-huh. And then Tony says, now's the time to call in whatever favors we got.
1: I might have somebody in mind. Yep.
0: So we break. So now we cut to Veronica and Hiram. Reggie told me to come meet with you. And she's like, okay, so Chadwick is threatened by my alphaness and he's having me followed. and I want you to talk to him, daddykins. God damn it. I want you to convince him. So Hiram's like, so you want a favor from me. You need me. And she's like, yes.
1: And you don't want to get dirty.
0: You don't want to get your Barnard educated self dirty. And Veronica very much is like, hmm Like, and which, here's the thing, he's fully calling her on this.
1: What I like is we do get one moment with her where she realizes that, takes a breath and goes, yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Here's the biggest problem. And this is a problem with both Chad, Hiram, and Veronica. And also it's the problem with Hermione. I have a problem with you. I don't talk to you about the problem. You just don't. And then when you say, If you do X, I'm doing Y. And they don't follow through. You're just all empty threats all the time. It's just bullshit. To me, it's
1: just, once again, we've already done this story.
0: True. The only difference we have now, which is an interesting flavor, is that there's a husband for Veronica.
1: Now, that's fair. If you wanted this to work, Uh the stakes and desperation from Veronica needed to be a lot
0: This this came too quickly. Yeah, she had to be desperate because Chad's not paying attention to her. He's not listening to her. He won't leave her alone. He
1: won't leave her alone. And or is abusing her. Exactly. That's the only stakes that are reasonable enough to convince this character to
0: go back to her horrible father. Yeah, no, it would have to be. Well, because the other thing here is that we don't actually know what her relationship with Hiram has been these seven years. She clearly didn't tell him that she was getting married, but we don't know what kind of contact they've had. It's apparently not great. It's not great, but we still don't know what that means because truly and honestly in Veronica world, that doesn't mean shit.
1: So either you needed to up the stakes way more or you just needed
0: to not do this. Yeah. So he says, no. Thank God. Which is like, you called me a dog. You were cruel. You made your bed. Deal with Chad yourself. Get in the mud. You're a lodge. Yeah. Which, good for him. Honestly and truly. Good for him. Because the other side of this is, nobody should have their parents involved in their marriage. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you that right now. Nobody's parents should be involved in your marriage unless there is actual abuse, which to be fair, what Chad is doing is abusive.
1: Oh, absolutely, it is. No, no, no. I, I totally agree. But they, they have not escalated that in the presence of mind of the character
0: at all. Correct, correct. So in terms of the show, we're not there yet.
1: We're not. It needs to be explicitly stated from the character to Tri- they recognize what's going on here. Correct. Which is, he's an abusive prick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. So just, yeah.
1: yeah, no. But I. Bad. But the fact that he did it, it's not only good for him, but it's just. Good for the show, because thank God we didn't get in back into this cycle. They just said, no, Hiram is going to be full evil regardless.
0: I'm glad. And Veronica needs to fucking realize well, Well, I'm also glad that he's not on this. I'm going to play with my daughter. It's like, no, twist in the wind, little girl. I have so many other plans. I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah. Like, Well, I like it. You made your bed. Go lie in it. Thank God. That's really good.
1: Uh, so anyway at least we dealt with that bullshit Mm -hmm.
0: real quick so we go over to the cooper house and alice is asking polly you know pops only retires once and polly's just like you know i have to work get off my back and
1: she is she's
0: she's she's really tense and betty just calls her out She's like she's not you know she's not working and betty's like how are you making all this money are you turning tricks and oh my god betty you know, it's Betty's, Betty's got a Betty. And Polly yells, there's like, you deserted us! Which is not entirely fair. It's like, no, she went to college and then got a job. Like, I understand Polly feeling deserted, because that is Polly's reality, but that's also not fair. I can understand Alice's anger at the situation, but this is where Alice is not helping, because Alice is enabling Polly's behavior by not defending Betty for that yeah she's not she should be yelling at betty to be like you created this this dynamic with your sister that's on you
1: and, and and the line that polly has that's way more real is you don't know anything about my life yep you don't know what i've had to deal with true and what i'm trying to do to make ends meet
0: true totally fair i Which, would 100 agree with that yeah that's where she's
1: really pissed and, and she feels that sense of betrayal whether it's fair or not yeah she feels like betty abandoned her and mom true. And then Wait. we also see a sneak peek of those kids. Which holy shit, those wigs are bad!
0: Yeah, that on that. <laughs> well, we we see the little we see Dagwood. That wig is horrible. Fire, whoever did that. Oh my god! I, I just see a brief glimpse of the of a juniper. Can't say anything about her because I do not even see her face. But da- Dag Dagwood's, Dagwood's wig, wig is, is like is, oh what? It's worse than Archie's dip dye. It's just sad. <laughs> it's just it's it's bad. But bright red hair. Yep. Anyway. So we cut to Jughead writing in the bunker. He gets a call from his agent. Scravener wants their pages or their money. Jughead's, hold on, hold on. I'm writing this piece. I'll send it to you just so they know that I'm not a one-hit wonder. Okay. So he sends them the Pops piece. Yeah. Cut on over to Archie and Betty cleaning up his house. (laughs) (sighs) Again. This is where this doesn't make sense. No foreplay. This is where they have some clear, like, there's some flirtatious energy. But here's the thing, they're downstairs. The f- shower is upstairs. They just went from, "Oh, we- I need to take a shower. I need to take a shower." She lives next fucking door. That doesn't make sense. And there's no kissing involved here. We just went from I we need to shower to fucking in the shower that is upstairs. That's where we had a mistake. Y'all should have been cleaning upstairs because there's a logic factor here, and then it just became they kiss. They, there's a talk of a shower. They bump into each other as they're like, and then there's a kiss, and the next thing you know, they're fucking in the shower. Cause that makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't
1: make sense, but it's seven years of sexual tension, and you know what? I enjoyed it. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, okay, that shower scene is way hotter than anything between Varchi or Bughead ever. Wowzers,
1: it was good. They they just were like, all bets are off. Go for it. <laughs> Whatever. The little, the awkwardness of like, stand, beat, 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 beat. You want some pizza? <laughs> uh,
0: I gotta go shout. Oh, me too. Uh, oh, I guess you, uh, uh. That's, it's just, that's why it's so bad. That's why I'm like, the scene is blocked poorly. The words are bad. I And I, it's just, it's bad all around. It's so poorly done. And that's why I'm saying, move the scene to a location that makes sense. Like one next to the goddamn shower. So when I know, oh, you went three feet this way to a place where you're going to be naked. Okay.
1: This is one of those where I 100% agree with you. And also because we had been waiting for this payoff character wise, I was just like, "Eh, I don't
0: care. This one's good. Again, they're trying to go too fast and it's just, it's, it's wasted. Now the scene
1: after. The scene after
0: perfection. Archie's getting dressed, Betty's in a robe and he's like. What just happened? <laughs> and she's like, it's something we've been wanting to do since high school. And yep. we never got to ha- got the chance. Totally fair. Uh-huh. Love it. And Archie's like, so we can kind of keep this quiet, right? And she's like, Archie, we are single adults. We are allowed to have fun. Uh-huh. Again, perfect. And this is another one of the things. Reminding the audience, we're 25. Yeah. We are single people. We're not in relationships. And then Betty is also like, you know, Veronica's married and me and Jughead broke up seven years ago. Yep. I think it's okay. I
1: love this. So we're friends, right? Yep. Just good old friends.
0: Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's okay. And like, also, also, here's another thing. Like, checking in with the person you just had sex with. Like, how do we feel about this? Is this okay? Was this? Are we okay? How do we feel about what just happened? These are all good things. This scene was perfect. I
1: do love right at the end. She smiles. She bites her lip a little bit. It's like,
0: oh, oh. Well, uh, no, when she did that, I was like, this is going to happen again. Of
1: course it is. <laughs> so I'm
0: like, I'm here for all this. Even if it didn't, which we know it is. But even if it didn't, I'd be like, okay, you got that out of your system. Great. <laughs> cool. I can't. Okay, I will say this. I cannot wait for the scene where Betty tells Kevin. I cannot wait. I need that scene so bad. And I feel <laughs> like when that happens, Kevin's going to be like, it's going to happen in the student lounge at school. And Kevin's going to be like, everybody out. <laughs> everybody leave. Something Kevin's going to be the most dramatic we have ever seen Kevin. That's what's going to happen. When Betty finally tells Kevin. Huh. It's going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. If they fuck that up, I'm going to be so mad. It's going to be good. I'm here for it.
1: Let let Betty and Archie be like a slow burn. Just a little bit. Let them take their time and have fun. Let them
0: have fun. Here's the thing. They don't have to have a super wrought relationship. I don't care. If their relationship is really just like, we have a really long history. We really like each other. And our lives have been really complicated. And we're just enjoying having sex, uncomplicated sex. I'm here for that. I'm okay with that. That's actually really good for the two of them who have had not super healthy relationships on this show in the past. Also, what if that
1: turns into a good relationship?
0: Yay! They have a very healthy foundation. I will say that. Yeah. They have probably the healthiest foundation of anybody. Uh,
1: It's Betty and Archie, you know. Yep.
0: They are game. So it's Pop's party. Archie hands him a Letterman jacket. And Pop says, yeah, you know, I had to drop out of high school to take care of the place when my dad passed away i never got to graduate super sweet (sighs) then jug comes gives his speech and he's in his waiter uniform now which is adorable
1: in that waiter uniform. very cute it's
0: a lovely callback to when fp wore the waiter uniform that's true yeah though he doesn't have the hat on no doesn't have the hat and he just talks about how pops mean something really special here it's a lighthouse in a storm Ugh, this part makes me cry. He's like, Pops is the only reason I made it through. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that break That breaks my heart. Yeah. Because, like, there's a part of me that goes, like, Pops kept him fed. Yeah. Because you remember, Jughead was homeless. He was homeless. He was. <sighs> so they, to- they toast Pops with milkshakes, which I love. It's so cute. Uh-huh. It's a good send-off. Yeah, it's, it's precious. And, like, I am sure we'll continue to see Pop, but... Like he's handed it over to Tabitha now. Yep. So that's cute. I love it. It's super sweet. And it gives me like Fred Andrew, Andrew tears. Oh, no. And so as the, the celebration is continuing, we kind of turn the camera over to Tony and Cheryl in a booth. And something that has been going on through this time jump, Cheryl's not been wearing her signature lipstick. Yeah. So she has lost that as her quote unquote token.
1: She's retreating into herself in many, many ways. Yeah,
0: so she's there and Tony's just talking to her about the school. She wants her to be the investor. And Cheryl's like, I can barely afford Thornhill's renovations as it is. Tony's like, you are not cursed. We need you. And Cheryl just says, you know, it'll start as something good and end up something corrupted just like everything I do. Oh, what a good line for Cheryl. I agree. I was very impressed with that because that... Does show a sense of reflection on Cheryl and everything that the show has shown us with her, because everything she has done truly is self-serving. However, she sells it to other people as like this is the good of for the good of Riverdale, for the good of this. It's always to serve Cheryl's agenda. Yeah, it's never selfless. So I really did appreciate that. I am impressed and a little shocked. A it- little shocked.
1: <laughs> It was such a great moment. And it also, it just, it gets at that root of, you know, the whole curse thing. And then it's finally like, okay, no, it's not a whole curse thing. It's that any time I've ever done what I thought was the right thing, it turned out to be this horrible, horrible thing. Yeah,
0: it just gets corrupted. Yep. And some of that is also like her family, everything her family does is bullshit and And corrupted. Yeah,
1: and a lot of that is her. But again, she might go in with the purest of intentions.
0: So you know, okay, she's she's trying to learn some things, and so Tony says, "Can you do it for me? If if I meant anything to you, can you do this for me?" So she kind of relents, and she goes, "Who are these teachers even be?" Smirk. Cut to To the doghouse. Hey, Hey! I didn't think we were coming back here. Yeah, I I kind of knew this was gonna this was gonna have to happen. So it's Archie sitting there with the four, and he's telling them the plan, and Veronica's like. You know, I don't, I have a life, Archie. I have a husband. And he's like, Veronica, people commute to the city every day. <laughs> and and he's like, Jughead, you have always said you do your best writing in a booth at Pops. And Betty, just before Archie even says anything, she's like, Betty's like, I'm in. I need to be here for my mom and Polly. Quantico
1: can wait a couple months.
0: Yeah. And Jughead says, I'll have to clear it with my new job, but I'll be happy to mold some young minds.
1: <laughs> Impressionable young minds.
0: And... I knew it as soon as they said it, but we will now have to change our our outro, Bulldogs Forever. Oh, yeah. When I heard it, I was like, well, we've been hashtag go Bulldogs since day, pretty well, pretty much since day one. But I was like, oh, now we have to be Bulldogs Forever.
1: It's true. We
0: just do, so. It's going to happen. It's adorable. So they're going to be teachers. That's super cute. Now the
1: plan is, and and I like this, the plan is that this is going to be for a couple of months Mm -hmm. while Weatherby goes to try to find permanent replacements. Sure. And not all of these characters can stay teachers at Riverdale High. No. I really don't think so.
0: It doesn't make sense. I could see...
1: Jughead might stay.
0: if Jughead becomes the English teacher. I could see him really enjoying that yeah. because that suits him as a person. And again, he could stay in Riverdale and write his novels.
1: Veronica's not staying.
0: Veronica can't stay. And I don't. she won't enjoy it because it's not, you know, it's not high, strong enough for her.
1: The one thing for me is Betty. I don't know. I don't know where she's going to go with that because she might, she might just say, I don't want this. I don't want to get through Quantico.
0: No, I honestly... For Betty to stay in Riverdale, she goes and works for Tom Keller. It'd be great. She'd be great to do it. But that's that's how we give Betty a future in Riverdale. Yeah. Without derailing the path that she's created herself without with that makes sense for her character. Yeah. So she's Betty Drew. So we go to the town meeting and Tony's speaking and you know, she she has a lovely speech about what her job is and Um, How, you know, their job at the school is to make sure that every student in town has equity in the school. And there's this moment where they cut to Reggie. Uh Uh-huh. Where Reggie looks so nervous. Yeah. With Tony speaking. And someone, I cannot remember where I read it, but somebody put it out there that they suspect Reggie to be the father of Tony's baby. That wouldn't shock me. And... I don't love that, but that, that would give me so much more, that would make me understand Hiram selling Le Bon Nuit to Tony more, and why Reggie would would be working for Hiram. Maybe he's working for Hiram because of Tony. Trying to protect Tony. Yeah.
1: Because there's another moment here uh-huh. that, that we see in a minute, but...
0: Uh... Yeah. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. So like I cannot take credit for that. I I wish I could remember where I saw it. But some somebody put that out there, but the the Reggie working for Hiram for Tony for the speakeasy, that one's mine. That's my brain. <laughs> mm. So, anyways. We announced the plan. We've announced the plan. They go ahead and say that Riverdale is going to be a private school with free tuition thanks to a donor cheryl who is sitting there but she's sitting on her own privately away from everybody
1: she's not gonna be directly involved in any of this if she can help it
0: uh kevin mentioned succession again <laughs> and then hiram gets up and says i hope this is my last act as mayor puts it up for a vote the town of riverdale is hereby dissolved there you go okay and this is the moment reggie votes uh-huh but when
1: he does he's very hesitant
0: yeah He doesn't want to vote against his friends. Yeah.
1: And he doesn't want to vote against his town. Yep. So that's where it's... I was like, something's complicated with Reggie. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, you know, it could be none of this and be as simple as Reggie's just there in the moment realizing, shit, what am I doing? Uh But regardless, there are some second thoughts here for Reggie. Sure. So that's going to be interesting. That's going (laughs) to be an interesting character through the rest of this season.
0: I really do hope they show us more depth to reggie because all we had for him was that he was a himbo with an abusive father yeah which i hope i hope we get more about reggie like for as much as they're giving us with tony i want more for reggie yeah because i know he's a villain in the comic book and i'm fine with him being a villain here but can he be a villain the way we'd like cheryl to be a villain in which like he's just someone who bristles you all the time Well, can he
1: be a villain in the Archie comics sense of a villain, which is just a pain in the ass? Yeah, you're a
0: pain in the ass.
1: But you're not, like, the actual problem.
0: Totally. You're against Archie, and that's the only reason why we don't like you. Yeah. But, like, you're not an evil person. But also, in this show, he's not really against Archie. He has been in the past sometimes. Yeah. But uh, that's what it went. But remember when he was like, don't mess with my bro, Kevin? Like, he was so protective of Kevin, so I want... I want more context for Reggie. So I would love it if this was what was happening. That's where if that's what was happening with Tony, I could see like, okay, that makes so much more sense. And then he's seeing all those kids, all those people used to be my friends. They were my friends. And now I'm here by myself. Yeah. Which would be so tragic, but I would also love it. I would love it.
1: Yep. So I'm here for it. So Riverdale's gone.
0: Remember, has gone. Jughead is waiting tables. We get some Jughead narration, and then he gets called from his agent. And apparently, scribners love the story about Pops. You know, in tragic Americana. We can call it elegy for a small town. Warf. And Jughead's like, I don't, I don't want to write that. Which his agent's like, Too bad. You have to. <laughs> and Jughead's just like, Oh shit! I'm gonna have to write about. I have to write about Pops. He's gonna have to sell out more people in the town. The question is, how
1: is he going to do that while still honoring the town? And that's going to be the interesting thing here. Yeah. And, I, and here's the thing. I think he'll figure it out. But that's going to be the the conflict is can he tell this town story while doing it some real honor and justice? Yeah.
0: We go over to the Cooper house and Betty's asking Alice, you know, where's Polly? And Alice is dr- starting to drink. She's like, you know, she gets angry and God knows when she'll be back. You know, this is on you, Betty she has a
1: giant
0: which, glass of wine which this is where this is where i'm mad at alice because i understand you know your children are adults and you need to let them figure out some of your shit but alice you're creating a problem you you are fueling a problem between your children she's enabling the one and then she's blaming the other it's like your sister's mad at you so she's blame she's blowing off steam that's fine but Not saying like, hey, Betty, like your sister felt abandoned by you and that's not on you. But she has every right to be upset by you coming here and judging her for not knowing what she's been through.
1: The other side of it is Alice seems completely and utterly exhausted.
0: She is. We also don't know what Alice is going through. She seems like she's burning
1: four different ends of every candle because she's doing PTA town politics. She's got her job. She's trying to take care of those kids constantly. Well, we don't really know.
0: Like Well, we don't, but we fully don't know.
1: We we don't know. But that's what we've seen. Yeah, clearly. That's what the indication true. is.
0: True. Totally fair. But like, yeah, it's just, it's not good. It's not know. good. It's not it's not great for <laughs> the Cooper household. And then we see Veronica over Skype telling Chad that she's staying. And he's like, that's absurd. And she's like, um, no, as absurd as you having me followed and canceling our cards. So you're going to unfreeze them. And he's like, no, she's like, um, I made most of the money in our joint accounts, So you're going to unfreeze them in 30 minutes. Or the next time you see me, it's going to be on the trading floor. And this she wolf is going to rip out your throat. The trading floor on Monday. On Monday. Which I was like, holy shit, Veronica. <laughs> So she's just like, 30 minutes, and then she just shuts her computer. When she just looks defeated, and he's just kind of like, so that's it. Then we're done. And it's just, it's, yeah, your marriage is already over. This is bullshit. Like, this is just stupid. So I'm just kind of like, I know where it's headed based on some of the
1: synopses we've read. Yeah. So what I know is going to go on is he's
0: possessive as fuck. Yeah, he's going to come to Riverdale and be like, what is keeping you in Riverdale? He's going to have to go size himself up against Archie. And he's going to try and win her back. Yeah, it's not going to work. And
1: Veronica, here's the thing. I like Veronica here. I like Veronica being like, okay, fine. Go fuck yourself. If you don't take care of this bullshit tonight, there will be hell to pay. Yeah. Because I am an alpha, a real alpha, uh-huh. and I will destroy you. <laughs> and yeah. I believe it.
0: Yeah. It's just, I don't care. I just don't (laughs) care. And the thing is, I don't really love this Veronica. I really don't. Like, I like Veronica being smart and being able to maneuver. But this is not fun. There's nothing fun or interesting about this storyline at all. I don't care. I
1: disagree. I
0: don't know. Like, there's, it's just sad. It's sad. It's like, this is like, like, you married her off. And it's like, what would have been more fun is if, she had a successful marriage, but there was all this scheming going on. And her husband was schemy, but she was schemy. but they both thought their marriage was amazing. Like they were both super lovey-dovey, but they both had all this scheming shit happening.
1: The second I knew his name was Chad Gecko, Gecko. Of course. I, th- this was never going to be good.
0: No, but what would be great is if, like he was involved in a Ponzi scheme and he lost all our money. Come on. That's what they should have done. They both think they're doing great. They have this fabulous marriage, and he loses all their money. That would have been know. amazing. That's what they should have done.
1: I, I get it, but I I just enjoy, I enjoy full dark, no stars Veronica. I just do. She hasn't
0: been that in a long fucking time, and that ain't her now. It feels like it. It's not. This all is right. bullshit. No, right. this is all pathetic. Right. They are fucking up her character left and right. Uh, next, we see Archie sitting in his house. He's on his phone texting Betty, and we actually can—you can tell from his phone—he they've actually been texting a little bit back and forth, which is like you can see something from Betty, which is like, "Oh, I'm glad you haven't changed a bit." It's really cute. Yeah. So like, okay, like this is cute.
1: Of course, you're gonna save the town again, Archie.
0: Yeah. So their conversation is like, "No sign of Polly." Okay, thanks. And I'm then gonna he, call. Yeah. He gets a knock on the door, and it's Jughead. He's like. Do you need thought you might need a roommate since you're all alone in this house? And Jug is like, what about the five seasons? And Jug's like, too rich for my lid. I was like, yep. okay, this is going to be awkward, but I love this complication. This is perfect. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Not from anything that was hinted. It's just like, of course, the second Betty and Archie start sleeping together, Jughead's going to come live with them. Yeah. Because we need this complication. Always. Of course, because that's going to be awkward as hell. Betty Betty, and Archie probably aren't going to want to define their relationship. No. They just want to
1: fuck. So,
0: so they certainly don't want to tell their friends because it's none of their business. Exactly. Because it literally isn't anyone's business. If but Jughead's at the house. Yes. <laughs> Fair <laughs> and hilarious.
1: Uh, what a farce.
0: I am here for this complication. And also, I, I just said that because I like that callback to killing Mr. Honey. This is a great complication, Jug. <laughs> So we cut on over to the Cooper house, and Betty, you know, is calling Polly and leaving her a message. And as we're hearing her leave this message, we see Polly running serpentine down a highway as the truck we saw picking up Sneaky at the end of last episode is coming down the highway after her. And it's the truck with the skeleton on the front. Please come home. Please come home. Riverdale. <laughs> So
1: creepy. Because so, there was just a little sting music and no sound from Polly in the truck.
0: Yeah, you can't hear you can tell that she's screaming, but you can't hear her. Oh, so which, good. It was a really good choice. Yeah. I did do a little bit of research, cause I know that they were referencing someone.
1: TBK we talked about is a play on BTK.
0: On BTK. But I was like, okay, they said something about the lonely highway. And so I was like, okay, so so it has to be something with a killer. And so I looked up highway killer and there was somebody in California called the Highway Killer. Yep. And it's really sad and gross murder so I wouldn't look too much into it. But essentially, this guy went up and down California and murdered people on the highway. Yeah. That's just what he did. Picked up hitchhikers, murdered them. So, I think this skeleton truck dude person is the tbk killer i think it's the same person looking for betty because so far we've seen they got sneaky which is kind of fun call to the california thing with manson murders yeah and they got polly both blonde look like betty Uh uh-huh uh-huh and if tbk tbk knows who betty is There's no way Betty was held in captivity for two weeks. They don't know who Betty is. Of course. They know she probably is in Riverdale in that area. So they're probably going up and down that highway looking for girls that look like her.
1: Cora. Cora's Cora. gonna be a victim. You are
0: right, David. She is. She's gonna go to Liverdale to hunt down Jughead, and she's gonna get herself picked up by the by the 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 TBK skeleton truck. Holy drug. shit, David! I'm impressed.
1: <laughs> that's a good
0: one. Oh. I'm proud of you. Good job.
1: Well, well, well. I've taught
0: you so many things. Well, thank you. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's 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 what I think. I think they are actually gonna be the same thing because. That makes the most sense.
1: Well, there's only one way for us to find that out. We need to go watch the next time on.
0: so we'll be back in just a minute after we've watched the next time on All right, well, uh, Betty and Archie just can't find a place to boat. <laughs>
1: We're in our 20s. It's supposed to be easier to find
0: a place to hook up. That's hilarious. (laughs) I'm here for that. Uh... The synopsis for next week is Bulldog Pride. Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead prepare for their first day as Riverdale High's newest teachers. Veronica introduces her husband, Chad, to the group after he shows up unexpectedly in Riverdale. After realizing they are out of funds, Archie and Tony turn to Cheryl for help restarting the football and cheer teams. Finally, Betty, Kevin, and Alice follow a lead after learning that Polly may be in trouble. TBK yep it's tbk truck driver dude
1: okay
0: that's how they're gonna get cheryl out of out of her hermit mode is she's gonna be cheerleader lady
1: so i was flipping through stuff and we we all knew about that flash forward scene that had popped up from somewhere that they had like the raw footage
0: oh of cheryl doing the cheer off thing. there's
1: the cheer off and like tony in the hbic shirt and they're all coming into school sure Somebody had pinned that and said, that's this next episode. Sure. Uh That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So I think that's what we're going to see is once they all come into the school, you're going to see them filtering to their classes.
0: Sure. Yeah. There's a scene where, yeah, I believe Veronica is teaching economics. Yeah. I don't know what everyone else is doing. I don't care.
1: Whatever. But yeah, that that scene for sure, I guarantee you is where it is. And so, yeah, Cheryl's back in doing cheerleading.
0: Yeah. That's how they're going to get her out of her hermit mode. Which... Okay. Okay. Cool. But I like
1: that. But I like that. Tony's the one in the HBIC shirt. As she should be. Like she's she running should, that fucking school. She's
0: running the fucking school. She should be HBIC, which like it's not appropriate in a school setting. Like I'm just gonna say it. No. A teacher should not be wearing a shirt that says HBIC. <laughs> Sorry. Huh. Like as a student, it was questionable. But I'd be like, I'm gonna let this go. A teacher, fuck you.
1: No. <laughs> and then there's a little bit of of maybe flirtation but also talking about some cryptids with the mothman
0: coming up apparently we need to ask pop about the mothman oh, oh, oh. and then there's a metal sculpture with glowy eyes which clearly
1: is supposed to be the
0: mothman yeah which is fine so cool we're gonna get into some more lore i
1: i love i love the line do you know what it means no but it makes a hell of a story
0: I mean, uh, Cool. <laughs> I've decided that Jughead's glasses are his replacement for his hat.
1: Yes, definitely. That's
0: what I believe.
1: He looks so Stephen King wearing it too.
0: A little bit, yes. But I'm here. They look good on his face. They look great. But he plays with them. And I feel like that's his replacement for his hat. Oh, absolutely. And, and in terms of his like security blanket token type thing. So I'm still, I'm still looking out for Betty's with her ponytail. I think that hers might be her bun. But I, I got I to gotta watch her a little bit more to, to guess what they are.
1: But anyway, you know, I, I'm enjoying it. Like, honestly, it's just the fact that we got a hard reset and it feels like a reset.
0: It does feel like a reset. And again, I I like it because it, the reset itself felt organic. They did this on One Tree Hill and we just skipped over college. It was just I think it was five years and that felt good. I didn't need to see all the characters go to college. And so then it was about getting them back to hometown in a way that made sense so that's where we're at now. And yeah. again, I'm fine with that. But it's just these things where they're trying to rush that they don't need to rush. Because here's the thing you want to hook up Benny and, and Archie? People are here for it. For all the Bughead diehard Varchie fans, you've got just as many Barchie fans. Like you do. It's fine. RIS has already complained about how Bughead was a problem in terms of writing. It just was. So write the story you need to write and do it justice. Take your time.
1: Fans are going to get pissed off about things. You have to stick true to your story.
0: Absolutely.
1: And don't let people tell you
0: otherwise. No. All right. Well. Until next time. Hashtag, hashtag Bulldogs, Bulldogs forever. forever. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at mod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.